Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Church, I read a story the other day that I'd like to share with you. It was about a man named George Mueller. Some of you may know him, but this man had an incredible prayer life. But not only did he pray, he really believed. I mean, he ran this incredible orphanage. I don't have time to get into his ministry, but but if you were to sum up his ministry, it would be something like, you know, the man was a man of prayer and a man of faith. Well, the story goes like this. It says, George Mueller was known for his powerful prayer life. Once, while on his way to speak in Quebec for an engagement, he informed the captain that he needed to be in Quebec by Saturday afternoon. As the captain related the story, he said, It's impossible, I said. Do you know how dense the fog is? No, he replied. My eye is not on the destiny of the fog, but on the living God who controls every circumstances of life. I've never broken an engagement in 57 years. Let us go down to the chart room and pray. He knelt down and he prayed one of the most simple prayers. And when he had finished, the captain says, I was going to pray, but George Mueller put his hand on my shoulder and told me, do not pray. As you do not believe, he will answer. And there is no need for you to pray about it. Get up, Captain, and open the door, for you will find the fog is gone. The fog indeed was gone, and George Mueller kept his engagement. You see, it was Jesus, guys, who who taught you and I in Mark chapter 11, verse 24... He says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, he says, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You see, that's one aspect of prayer that we forget. We forget that we need to believe. We forget in prayer that it's like, okay, I I need to, yes, we need to, and Jesus said, when you pray, believe that you will receive them now let, let's 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 be honest in church do we not have have we not abused this has the body of christ not abused this well i believe and i believe i get this and i believe i can have that and there's we're, we're just so close to i i i i i that's not what jesus is talking about he says the surrendered life the regenerate life the life that is following jesus when he prays he's not i centered he's not egocentric he's always god-centered And so when he prays, he's praying, okay, God, what is your will? What is your will in my life? And when Jesus said, he says, when you pray, pray that you would receive them. And he says, you will have them. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And everybody's like, I love that verse. Why? Because I'm going to delight myself in the Lord and he's going to give me everything you want. And if I want ice cream, I'm going to have ice cream. The word is delight, treat yourself to God. And when you delight yourself in the Lord, I find that your desires change. It's no longer about you, but you're going, oh, Lord, here's my desire. I want to see, I want to see this person healed. I want to see this family, the issues, I want to see them healed. I want to see this person saved. I'm, and, and listen, church, every one of us right, right now in our minds, who is that one person that you just know want, needs to be saved? And you've been praying for them, and you've been, you've been laboring for, well, Pastor, I haven't really prayed for them, but you know they need to be saved. And that's the one you go, okay, that's what I want. Delight myself in the Lord. Okay, Lord, that's the one. I want my brothers to be saved. I want my sister. I want my kids. I want my, I want my husband. I want my wife. I, I want my, my parents to be saved. You guys know there's something that God puts in our heart, and we need to labor in prayer. So tonight, guys, I want to talk to you about prayer. And as we come, as we come to Psalm 63, we discover that David is actually out in the wilderness of Judah. Now, to you in 2017, that doesn't mean anything. You're like, it's David, it's wilderness, I don't know. Was it like Lubbock? You know, was it dry? Was it like... Think about this. When he's talking about the wilderness of Judah, think about him being as far away from those that he loves as he could possibly be. 
Think about God now picking you up and taking you away from your family. I don't know anybody. I miss my family. I miss, I miss my friends. I miss familiarity. I like where the church is. I, I, I know Mel. I like Mel. And I can't... I, oh. And you think about David being taken away from all that he loves, that he's alone. And not only is he alone, church, that he's lonely. And he might be frightened as well as being hunted. And David knows that he's away from the sanctuary of Jerusalem. And you go, well, what, is, what does that mean to me? Well, think about it. This is where David connected with God. And so he, he's thinking, man, I'm not far from, I'm far from being connected with God. And so what does he do? He does what we, all of us, should do in times of trouble or stress. Now, I'm going to step over here because I am the first to admit, I don't do this. I, I partially do this. There are times I really want to do this, but what does David do? He prays. Now, okay, church, honestly, some of our prayers, they're like, they're like very quick, aren't they? They're like microwavable prayers. I'm going to labor and I'm going to ask God, Lord Jesus, please. Okay, I got it. I'm busy. I'm going to, and, and we don't pray and we don't labor with God and we don't cry out to him and we don't seek him. That's okay. I know, but David is going to go, no, no, no. I, I need to pray. And he prays to the Lord. Now, if you're taking notes, let's take a moment to define prayer. Pastor, I've heard it all my life. I grew up in church. I know what prayer is. Well, labor with me. Okay, you got time. Hold on. Write down in your notes, and there'll be a test. And um, you get extra credit in heaven when you take your notes to heaven, so make sure you have that down. Prayer. What is prayer? Mr. Webster defines it like this. A solemn request for help and expression of thanks addressed or an earnest hope or wish. That's a pretty good definition of prayer, right? A request for help. Lord, help me. That's usually my request, isn't it? Lord, help. Lord, please. Lord, God, help. Help. And there are times when there is an expression of thanks when he answers, yes. God said, yes. Amen, right? But God said, no. I don't really jump around and say, woohoo. God said, no. But that's prayer. Well, what does it mean biblically? Biblically, it's, it, it's really simple. It's a petition. With many aspects of the prayer, like adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and most people will take this if you just want a simple way to learn how to pray. It's the Acts model. Okay? You go, the Acts model, yeah, there's the first time you go into prayer, it's Acts. A, adoration. You just want to adore the Lord. You want to give him praise. Acts, praise you, Lord. Guys, when we pray... It's not to butter up the Lord. God, you know what? You're really awesome, God. Lord, Lord, what you did with clouds, man, nobody can do. You're awesome. By the way, can I have 20 bucks? That's not adoration. That's how we butter up our parents to get 20 bucks. Right? Mom and dad, you guys are so good. You make such a cute couple. You guys are so good. What do you need? Adoration. Then the second part, C, confession. Confession. T, thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. And of course, then it goes back to supplication, where we get the whole part of praying. You've heard that before. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. I think there are times, too, in worship, we do the same thing. And at times, there's worship leaders who will do a song of adoration, and they'll do a song of confession, and they'll do a song. But, but we're talking about prayer, so Christian prayer then basically shared a simple belief that God could be petitioned to intervene and affect changes in nature and, of course, world events. Are you guys with me? Because right now, what are we being asked to pray for? Please keep Irma away from Florida, and we're praying. But church, let me ask you a question. Are you praying believing? Because here's our problem. Here's our problem. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world that's neither rainbows or butterflies, and, and we see the destruction, and we just saw Hurricane Harvey, and so we're like, Lord, I believe. I don't know if I really believe. Lord, I believe, but you just... Lord, I believe, but just tell Florida to brace themselves. I mean, but, but so we've got to learn to believe. We're praying, but we're asking God to change something. Another definition of prayer... Prayer is a conversation with God. Do you realize that? 
How do you talk to God? How do you talk to God? Because in its simplest form, we can just talk to God just like we talk to anybody else. And I like prayers, although they sound somewhat irreverent at times. I like when when people say daddy, because the term is Abba, right? Daddy. But we would never call God daddy. We would call him father. But in 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 a general sense, isn't it cool to be able to say, hey, dad, dad, hi. And you'd be able to talk to him and have a conversation and have a direct address with him. Prayer. Well, church, if you're taking notes, I'm calling this message six aspects of a godly prayer. Six aspects of a godly prayer. For tonight, we learn that David prays, but he also is going to give us six six aspects of his prayer. And I want to learn those. Six aspects. Now, here are some things we need to consider. Do you realize that David was a Hebrew? He was a Jewish man who probably grew up in a Jewish home, right? He learned to pray in a Jewish way. He had many times out while he was tending sheep to learn to pray and seek the Lord and watch the stars and name his sheep. Who else was he going to talk to, right? He's going to talk to God, but, but, but that's David. And so what I want to do, church, is I want to help you, and I want, I want to take a moment to understand how David learned to pray so we can glean as much from this prayer as possible. How did David, how, how did they? So what I want to do is I want to go back in our minds. Some of you were here when we taught this through Daniel, but I want to refresh your minds. The first thing we need to start off was with the Hebrew prayer that basically a prayer that would be prayed at least twice a day, one in the morning and one before bed. This was the Hebrew prayer that they first learned. You go, what was it? It's called the Shema. The Shema. And it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4, and 5. This is the Hebrew prayer. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. You want to have a fun task, guys? Pray that prayer in the morning and at night before you go to bed. Hear, O Israel, it's called the Shema, right? This prayer is known. Jesus also talked about the Shema in the New Testament. Remember why? Jesus was Jewish. He would have learned this. He would have learned the Shema, right? But he talks about it in the New Testament. He says, Jesus answered. They come to me like, what's the greatest prayer? And it's like, he says, first of all, First of all, the commandments is here, the hero Israel, the Lord thy God is one in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, 29, 30 says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. So Jesus just reminds his followers of the Shema. This is what they would learn. So this would be prayed in Hebrew. We learned it in English, but let me read it to you in Hebrew. It's kind of cool. It's Shema Israel Adonai Alehenu Adonai Echad. Baruch Shemai Kavad Malakehu Elohim Ya'ed. That's what it's, I mean, could you imagine praying it, learning it in Hebrew again? It's, it's so cool. Shema Israel Adonai Elohenu Adonai Echad. And you're just like, wow, that's pretty cool. What did he say? It's basically here, Israel, the Lord God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the Lord, glorious kingdom forever. That's the prayer they should learn. That's the prayer they would know deep in their heart. It's called the Shema. Why are you telling us this, Pastor? Remember, David's Hebrew. And so when we come and he's going to pray, we want to know the source of where he's coming from. You go, cool, Shema. Everybody say Shema. You got it? Yes, the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Jesus says, with everything. Now keep this in mind. The Shema is the central prayer in the Jewish prayer book and is often the first section of Scripture that a child learns, a Jewish child learns. This would be the prayer that David learned early on in his life. Okay, now labor with me for just a moment in the Shema prayer. 
the most important of all the Jewish prayers, Shema Israel, Adonai Elehenu, Adonai Iknad, were the first words, and this is known as the Shema Israel. Listen, it's a declaration of faith and a pledge of allegiance to God, right? First and foremost, that's what it's saying. It's a declaration of faith. Church, listen, when you're going to pray, okay, we need to be careful because a lot of times, how do we pray? Lord Jesus, been here. Hi, listen, if you could uh, fix this and do that, and maybe you should do this, and I would really help it if you would like to fix this, and, and don't, and, and please do this, and, 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 and bless these people, and, um, uh, amen. We, we really pray that way. We like, we, we think prayer is simply asking. But remember, remember, they learn how to pray. How? It's a declaration of flesh, uh, fle- uh, a declaration of faith, and pledge of allegiance to God. The first thing was, God, I am yours. I know you exist. I believe you created everything. It's amazing. It was so cool. It's, it's that, I mean, it's so neat. I remember it was a real funny story, but, 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 you know, um, we, nothing on our vacation and, and we were sitting by the beach and near the Atlantic Ocean and I'm just excited and I, going into the ocean and the waves are hitting me and I'm just like, guys, I'm just praising God. I'm literally just, I mean, people probably, I'm crazy, but I'm just like in the ocean. I'm going, God, you, you told all of this. I mean, it's hard to see this big body of water to stop right here. Lord, you're amazing. And I'm just praising the Lord until I stepped on a crab and then that freaked me out. I was just like, ah, and I ran back over here and it was like, uh, so be careful that you don't step on crabs. But the point is, it was a declaration of faith. Why do you say that? Because, guys, I realized that God was God. How does the Atlantic Ocean stop right there? From here to the, probably to the front doors, are buildings, people, restaurants. God says, right here. Who does that? God. So it's a declaration of faith and a pledge of his allegiance. That's the Shema. You go, well, did, did they learn anything else? Yeah, guys, listen. The next prayer the Jewish person would learn is called the weekly Amidah. So you got the Shema, everybody say Amidah. Okay, the Amidah contains 19 blessings. There was originally 18, but then they added one, kind of one final blessing. So the Amidah, this is what they would learn. Each blessing ends with a signature, blessed are you, O Lord. When you pray, that should be your opening prayer. Blessed are you, O Lord. Blessed are you, O Lord. Now, we don't have time to read all 19, but let me give you the structure of the prayer. It's amazing. Why? Because you're going to see it as David writes in Psalm 63. You go, what's that? Ready? The first three blessings of this section are known as the shevach. The shevach. You go, what's that? It means the praise, to praise, to and serve to inspire the worshiper to invoke God's mercy. So when you, you, you already have the Shema, right? Hero Israel, now you have the Amidah, and the Amidah, the first three are praise. Here's to praise the Lord. Here's to praise. You want to invoke God, right? You go, what does it mean? Well, number one, the first part of the prayer of the Amidah was praises God as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So you say, well, how would the prayer start? Blessed, you, blessed are you, O Lord. Praises to the God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Number two, praises, praises God as having power over life and death. Lord, you are amazing. You have power over life and over death. And then the third part of the Shevach was praises God for being holy. Being holy. You would never hear a Jewish man say, oh yeah, pray to the man upstairs. Because there is no man upstairs. They go, no, 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 praise to. He's holy. He's separated. He's amazing. He's God. He's God. So that would be the first three. That's how you start off any prayer with praise. You realize, guys, that, that we structure our worship service that when Josh gets up here, a lot of our first songs are 
praise songs. Why? Because that's how we want to. Lord, we just want to praise you. We just want to praise you. And when we go to prayer, we should start off with praise God, you're amazing, you're wonderful, you're gracious. Lord, you, you made trees and they're, they're just worshiping you and I can hear the birds and wow, Lord. And, and guys, think about this. Think about everything that you can just praise the Lord for. Everything. You go, what happens next? Well, all prayer, let's, let's jot this down, guys. All prayer should start off with praise to God. Amen? All prayer. You go, what happens next? Well, now you have the middle 13 blessings. This is known as the bakesha. The bakesha. You go, what is it? It's called the request. This is when we can ask God for things. You see, you always should start off with praise before you come in and have the request. You go, well, how many are there? Well, guys, there are six personal requests and six communal requests. And the final request is really cool. Why? It's just asking God to accept our requests. Bless them. Hear me, O Lord. You, you guys tracking with me? L- let me give you a few examples. Like number four, we, we, he, the, the prayer, the worshiper already praised to God. Number four, he would ask God for the ability to think and understand. Isn't that a good one? Lord, help me think and help me understand, help me comprehend. Number five, they ask God to help follow the laws of his Torah, right? And we want to be able, why? Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, if, if you love me, what, what did he say? Keep my commands. And so we want to be able to go, God, I love you. Help me keep your word. Help me keep your word. And so part of your prayer would be, God, help me. The, the, the sixth one, right? Ask God to forgive us of our sins. That's always a good one. Can I get an amen? But notice, notice he says, forgive us of our sins. Number seven, ask God to save us from trouble. I know what's going through your mind. If you um, know anything about the, um, the Lord's Prayer, we call it the Lord's Prayer. You know what I'm talking about, right? Our Father, which art in heaven, you know that, right? You know that there's, there's that part in there that says, deliver us from Evil, keep us from trouble, save us from trouble. And then number eight in the weekly Amidah was to ask God to heal the sick. You know, it's biblical. I mean, guys, think about it. We can ask God to heal the sick. I think that's important. But I think it goes beyond, listen to me, church, it goes beyond physically being sick to emotionally being sick. You can ask God for healing in those deep wounds and those deep issues. And of course, you'd ask God to what, church? Remember? Please hear these requests. And then the last three blessings of the Amada are, non, are known as the Hoda'a, Hoda'a, and it means gratitude. So you got praise, you got requests, and then the last three, you're thanking him, thanking him for the opportunity to serve him. Thanking God, number 17, thanks God for allowing our prayers. Thank you that you even allow me to come into your throne room. Is because of Jesus that you're able to enter the throne room. Number 18 is a general blessing of thanks to God. You know what we call them? Count your blessings. Remember that? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for showers. Thank you for running water. Thank you for my house. Thank you for furniture. Thank you for whatever. Just, just, just you can thank the Lord. If you ate today, how many of you ate today? Something. How many ate something? Thank the Lord. If you didn't eat. Okay, good. good. <laughs> She's like, I didn't eat. But anyways, thank the Lord that we, I mean, just, I mean, aren't we blessed that we're able to eat today? Here's why, church. There's a lot of people that didn't eat today. As a matter of fact, they don't know where their next meal is coming from. We're blessed. And the problem is that we forget we're blessed. And the last one, guys, is a thanks. Thanking God for peace. For peace. Pastor Ben, I've got to... Listen, that's where i got to draw the line. Listen, there's no peace in our world. No, there's peace in your heart. You're no longer striving against God. 
there's peace. And you go, Lord, thank you for this inner peace. Inner peace. Well, the Amada church was said at least three times. Three times in a day. Now, let's see my Bible scholars out there, okay? Does anybody know when they were prayed? When do you think they were prayed? Boom. Who said that? Look at you. That's awesome. That's exactly right. Why? Because we see that throughout Daniel. We see that, right? That, that, we, that Daniel would get up morning, noon, and night, and he would lift his hands towards the, and he would pray. Why? He grew up Jewish. He would know the Amidah. A person would say it standing. A person should say it loud enough to hear it, but quiet enough that other people cannot hear it. So you weren't praying like, Lord God! Oh, I just, you know, have you ever heard anyone pray and they pray like God's deaf? God! And I'm like, God's not deaf. He can hear too. Trust me. Trust me. And, and we do that for effect. And I read one story today about prayer that we have to be careful because he said, did you realize that, that it's not the thunder that kills, it's the lightning. And sometimes we pray like thunder. We don't pray like lightning and it's better to not thunder, but, but pray like lightning. Isn't lightning a little bit more effective? Oh, we can be thunderous, and we can stomp around, and we have, God, I just, Lord Jesus, help me. Oh, come on, everybody. And everybody gets excited, and they're like, man, I wish I could pray like that. And then you've got the little old lady or the little old grandpa or, or whoever it is just praying, God, Lord, send your power. I can hear you, Lord. I know you can hear me. I know you're right there. And, and God moves mighty. He moves mighty. So, you have the Shema, you have the Amidah. There's a lot more, guys. I, there's a lot more. We don't have time. But with that, you got a good understanding of that, okay? So let's jump into our prayer for tonight. There's only 11 verses, but they're power-packed. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to see in this psalm, if you can see aspects of the Amidah, if you can see the praise, the request, and the gratitude, Let's see if you can see it, okay? You don't have to jump up and shout it out. Hey, I found it. Bingo. You know, no, no, no. You can just write it in your Bible. You can go, hey, there it is. There it is. I like what Warren Wiersbe writes on this. He says, the superscription informs us that David was in the wilderness of Judah when he wrote this psalm, suggesting that he was probably during Absalom's rebellion. So he's running from Absalom. During, However, David did not, and here's what I like that Warren says, however, David did not look back and regret at the mistakes he made as a father. Can I get an amen? amen. Nor did he look around in fear or complaint at the discomforts and the dangers of the wilderness. He says, you will note that David did look up to the Lord and reaffirmed his faith and love. And in an hour when David might be discouraged, he was excited about God. Church, here's the application. Wherever you are tonight, here's what I want you to grasp, okay? Make sure you're not looking back at regret. Well, I wish I should have, could have, would have done. Don't look back. When you pray, you're not looking back in regret. Make sure, guys, you're not looking around in fear. Oh, my gosh, I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. Oh, wow, Lord. Nor should we complain where we are. But instead, here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to look up to the Lord tonight in faith to reaffirm your faith and your love in him. So with that, guys, six aspects of a godly prayer. If you're taking note, jot this down. The first one we see is David writes a very sincere prayer. A sincere prayer found in verse 1. You guys with me? Psalm 63 verse 1 says, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. The very first aspect we see is a sincere prayer. How do you know? Well, sincere is always personal. Well, how do you know it's personal? In the Hebrew, look at verse 1. It says, O Elohim, you are my El. So he's saying, O God, how powerful you are. You are my El, my God. It's very personal. And prayer, sincere prayer, starts off very personal. 
This may seem like a senseless repetition, but it's not. David declared to Elohim that he was my God. And you go, why does he say that? Well, church, listen. In a day when the pagans thought there were many gods, each nation had their own gods, you know this. David says, no, 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 no. Listen, there is only what? Why? Everybody, did you notice the what? The Shema. Oh, God, you are my God. Right? Hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one. Isn't that beautiful? David writes this. And he says, no, 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 no. I'm proclaiming what his allegiance to Elohim. Think about this. A sincere prayer is one that seeks God early in the day. Why? Oh, pastor, I knew you were going to bring that up. Listen, I just... No, no, David says, you are my God. Early will I seek you. Why is that important, guys? Because what's he getting to? He's going, listen, a sincere prayer always starts with priority. What's your priority? My priority is sleep, Pastor. Are you kidding me? I hit the snooze button four times. Are you kidding me? But listen, I like what one commentator, Clark, writes. He says this, What first lays hold of the heart in the morning is likely to occupy the place all the day. First impressions are the most durable because they are not a multitude of ideas to drive them out or prevent them from being deeply fixed on moral feelings. What's he saying? Listen, if you'll take a little bit of time early in the morning to seek the Lord, you're not going to be bombarded with all of the day's ideas if you try to do it at night. Right? Okay, I'm going to spend some time with the Lord. And what's going through your mind? What do I got to do tomorrow? Oh, do you, why did that person come? Everything that's going through your mind, even what you had for lunch. What David says is, guys, take some time and go, here's the priority. I want to fill, I want to fill my, my heart and my mind with God because I don't know what the day, I don't know what the day is going to bring. David comes and says, listen, Lord, my my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Can you imagine that? He's in the wilderness, guys. And if you want to know what sincere means, it means free from pretense or deceit, proceeding from genuine feelings. And you go, why is that important? Well, guys, let me just say this. When it comes to prayer, it's okay to be you. It's okay to come from general feelings. Why? Because God knows your heart anyway. And there are times when we go, oh, listen, this is how I'm feeling, but I'm not going to tell the Lord that. Uh, Hello, newsflash, he knows your heart anyway. It's okay to go, God, I'm angry right now, or I'm scared right now, or Lord, I don't trust you right now. God's going to go, I know, let's work on that. It's in our honesty that God can heal us. And so that's what I love that, that about the sincere prayer. Why? Because David's going, Lord, I'm a dry place, man. Let's look, look, there's no water. My soul longs for you. My th- I have not been to the sanctuary. Why am I going through this? Why am I going through this? And the first thing he says is he says, man, this is a, this is a sincere prayer. Listen, church, the true believer is convinced that nothing in his sinful world can satisfy the wants and desires of his immortal soul. Only God. Only God. We need to get to that point, don't you think? Or we're so hungry and thirsty that only God can satisfy us. Only God can satisfy us. It used to be church that... uh, that we all, back in the day, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, there wasn't a whole lot of fast food restaurants. And you sat down and you had a dinner. You had, you sat, you had dinner. And, and it was good. And you were full. And it was amazing. But then we got into the fast food stuff, you know, and we can drive, get something real quick through the drive-thru. And we're just, 
And, and I think we do that spiritually instead of going, listen, Lord, Lord, there's nothing that's satisfying. We're trying to satisfy our spiritual, our soul, with some fast food stuff sometimes. Listen, I can just get a quick, I can just get a quick, listen, maybe I can just get a quick podcast here. Or I can get a, listen, Lord, maybe I can just get a, just give me a verse. Give me a verse and I'm going to head over to my next appointment. Give me a verse, God, or, or listen, I'll just pray at the light. And, and, and that's fast food when, when we really need to, we need to be hungry for the word of God. When we need to be thirsty and going, I, I, I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied until I can. That's sincere prayer. Now, the second aspect of David's prayer, we've got to move along. It's getting late. Is found in the latter part of verse 1 and, and verse 2. It's known as a powerful prayer. Powerful prayer. That's the second aspect. It says, in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Yes, David. He says, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. This is a very powerful prayer. Why? Because David is calling out to God from a place that's very dry and very desolate and just, he's just thirsty. And he goes, no, 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 here's what I need to do. I need to look and I need to look for you in the sanctuary. I need to remember your what? Your power and your glory. And if you recall, Psalm 27, we went through that. It says, one thing I have desired that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold his beauty, to inquire in his temple. What is David saying? He's going, listen, I want to be where the Lord is because there's power in that. There's power in that. David wants so much to be able to worship again in the sanctuary where he witnessed the presence of God. We know that in David's youth, he had a very close relationship with the Lord. And this is what he's really desiring here. This is a powerful due to the fact that it deals with the presence of God. David longs to be worshiping God. Which part of the Amidah is it? It's part of the Shavak. Can you see it? Why? Because David wants to praise the Lord. He wants to praise the Lord. So we see what? We see a sincere prayer. Everybody know? We pray sincerely. We pray powerful prayers. Why? Because God is bigger than anything we can see. God is more powerful. I, I'm ashamed at times the anemic prayers that I pray and not believing how powerful God is. You're the pastor. I know. But my hope is, guys, we would grasp the fact that we have a powerful God. And that's what David says. David is like, listen, listen. So I looked for you, the presence of you, to see your power and your glory. God, I want to see your power and your glory. What does that mean? I want to see you do things that are, I know is only you. I want to see people get saved. I want to see people get healed. Lord, I am tired of the enemy taking what is good and, and, and destroying it, right? They're taking, they're taking your healing and then they make a mockery of it. And so Christians go, oh, we don't know. That's weird. And so we don't pray for healing and we don't pray for restoration and we don't pray for God's power and God's glory. And we've grown up in a world, I'm going to say it, I'm sorry, I'm going to grow up. We've grown up in a world that's politically correct, and so we just don't ask God for what we really want. We need power, God. We need, we need your glory. We need your glory. Number three, we've got to hurry. A great prayer. He prays a great prayer. Look at verse three. Verse three would be a great prayer. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. And you're asking, Pastor, why is this a great prayer? Well, taken collectively, this presents an image of praising God with one's entire being. Even though memories, I remember thee, praise does not come from your mouth. Praise comes from your heart and your walk with Jesus. He's going, listen, I just remember, I just want to praise you with my lips. I'm not in the sanctuary. I'm in the wilderness, but I remember, I remember who you are. 
I remember who you are. Notice what he says. He says, because your loving kindness is what, church? Better than life. Better than life. And have we not said that so many times? We've used it here a thousand times. We don't follow God because he makes life better. We follow God because he's better than life. Guys, if you were to cross that threshold of that statement, we don't follow God because, God, listen, I'm going to follow you because you're going to make my life better. You're going to give me everything I want. You're going to bless me, bless me, bless me. We're all going to join the bless me club. That's not why we follow God, amen? We follow God because he is better than anything that we call life. He's better. And the goal is, church, listen, the goal is for every one of us is to go to heaven and be with him. That's the goal. Our home, you should be homesick. You should be homesick. I want to go home. What's the matter? Why are you so down? I want to go home. I'm ready to go home, and I want to take as many people with me. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a mansion. Y'all are welcome. It's big enough for all of us. Let's take more. Why? There's one thing better than going to heaven. What's that? Taking somebody with you. Because God's powerful. God's powerful. And when we come to this understanding that he's better than life, you can't help but praise him. I'm there in the ocean. I'm praising God. I'm like, are you kidding me? Praise the Lord. Our lips give constant praise. Of course, this could be considered what? A prayer of gratitude. The hoda'ah, right? It's part of the Yamada. Number four, we see an affectionate prayer. An affectionate prayer, verses four and five. Thus I will bless you while I live, David says. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied with the the marrow and the fatness, and my mouth shall praise with joyful lips. Now here, David did not mean this is the sense a greater bestows a blessing on the lesser. David meant that this, in this sense, that the blessed and honored God when he, when his creatures praise him. He's not saying, well, Lord, I'm just going to praise you. He says, no, 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 I'm going to bless you. There, there's a point in our lives when our prayer needs to become affectionate. It's like a husband and wife who say they love each other, but they simply walk by and high-five each other. Hey, how's it going? High-five, love you. And there's no affection. There's no hugging. And there's no hand-holding. And there's no... (sighs) You go, well, Pastor, I don't think I'd be married very long if we just high-fived each other in the morning. But we do that with God, right? Hey, God, listen. Hey, how's it going? we, We want to pray this affectionate prayer. Listen, if Jesus himself walked through those doors and walked up here, there's not a one of you that wouldn't want to come up and hold and hang on to him. You'd be sitting there, no, I'm cool, Jesus, I'm cool. Well, all right. You'd be like, Lord! Isn't that what happened after the resurrection? Isn't that what happened when he stood outside the tomb? We were there. And what happened? He's like, hold on, woman, don't hang on to me. I haven't ascended to my father yet. Because I'd be the same. I'd be around Jesus' feet like this. I'm, I'm not, you're, if you're going, I'm going. You know how the kids hang on to your feet and you have to like drag them? That would be me. That's going to be me. Why? Because, because you're affectionate with those you love. You're affectionate. I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands. My soul shall be satisfied. My mouth shall praise your lips. Number five. David cries with an uplifting prayer. Look at verse six through eight. When I remembered you on my bed, I meditate you in the night watches because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. Now, David sings in this prayer, I remember you all the time, Lord. 
Throughout the day and even into the night, I meditate you. If you have a pencil handy, guys, let's define these real quick. The word meditate there means to ponder, to, to think about, to mourn, to speak, to study, to talk. What David says, look, notice what David says. David says, when I remember you in my bed, I'm going to bed. He says, I'm meditating on you. I'm talking to you. I'm studying about, I'm, I am what? I'm pondering you. And then he says, and I'm going to do this in the night watches. You ready? You see where it says night watches here? You need to circle that. Why? Because in the Hebrew, here's what it does. It ex- it's an expression which stresses the slow progress of the hours. It's that expression when you go, man, I can't sleep. I'm tired, but I'm thinking of the Lord. and I'm, I'm meditating and I'm praying. And he says, and you know what? Guess, check it out. He says, therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. Why? Well, verse 7 says, because you have been my help. You see, prayer is not always just, oh, God, give me this and give me that, and I hope for this, and I hope for that, and please don't let this happen. It's uplifting. He's going, God, I, I only find refuge in you. Number six, the last one, guys, and we'll close with this because we're going to do communion, so I want Josh up here. It's, it's the faith prayer, the faith prayer, verses nine. But those who seek my life, who's he talking about? He's talking about Absalom, right? Those who seek my life to destroy it, he's going to go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a priority of jackals. But the king, everybody say the king, Shall receive, shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by Him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. Okay, this is a trust in God, despite the trouble that David is in. Okay, this is a faith prayer. You guys go well. What is faith? Well, jot this down. Hebrews eleven one says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's what faith is. You want faith? It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not things. David prays in faith. But remember this, he prays believing. Remember remember George Mueller? I believe it. I believe it, Lord. See, David's deep communion with God right here, church, it didn't take away his problems. You see, there were still people out there who wanted to kill him. Your faith, your faithful prayer may not take away your illness. It might take away the, the situation you're in, the circumstances you're in. It may not take away that. But see, David trusted God to deal with that. David trusted God, especially when he dealt with King Saul, and, and he just said, Lord, Lord. You go, Ben, well, listen, listen, I know we've got to close, but how is this a faith prayer? Here's what I want you to know. He says, but the king shall rejoice in God. See, David was on the throne, and he wasn't on the throne. If he was running from Absalom, he wasn't the king yet. He was going to go back and be the king, see, David was not yet on Israel's throne. That promise to waited for him for the fulfillment. Yet it was a promise of God expressed in 1 Samuel 16. So by faith, David could dare to think himself as king. And that enduring, in, in daring faith, he rejoiced in God. So Lord, guys, as we move into communion, let's remember the aspects of a daily prayer. I've taught you the Shema. I've taught you the Amidah, but here are, some, here are some really good aspects of prayer. As you go into prayer, remember a sincere prayer, powerful prayer, pray great prayers, affectionate prayers, uplifting prayers, and last but not least, prayers of faith. Prayers of faith. Isn't that what we prayed the other day on Sunday morning? 
People came forward. They prayed a prayer of faith. Why? Well, I didn't see some giant light come down and save them. No, they were saved by faith. They were trusting God. God, I trust you. In this prayer, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. So church, as we begin and, and get ready to partake in communion, let's take a moment and pray. Let's pray for each other. Let's pray. Let's, let's, let's pray the Amada, man. Let's praise the Lord. And you can ask him, Lord, heal me, touch me, save me. Use me, God, use me in even a greater way. God, heal my marriage. And then thank him for it. The last part, Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do here. And when you're ready, church, when you're ready, after you've prayed and you're ready, you can come up here and you can partake in communion. Father, we thank you for your word tonight, Psalm 63. We thank you for David crying out to you in the wilderness. We love you. And we pray to you as we worship you now, Lord, let us remember that we, we always start our prayer with praise. So God, I want to remember that always. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for dying on the cross. We thank you for forgiving us of our sins. We thank you, God, that you're coming back soon. We thank you that at this moment you could be coming for us, God, and that you could blow the trumpet, God, and we could, we could be home with you any, 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 any second. We thank you, Lord, as we take communion. Lord, the next time we do this, we could be doing it with you in heaven. And so we worship you because of that. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.